available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, friends, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football, and we are packed to the gills today. With content for all of you, the Pac-12 is back this weekend. We're going to preview all of the games. We're going to give you our preseason picks. We got a suicide poll for you guys to check out. We got in power rankings. We got lots of questions. Dave, we are stacked today. We are stacked. We are um, filled to the gills, as you said, which not, I, I don't, I, again, I understand what fish are, so I don't want to do like the thing where I'm like expressing mock confusion about a metaphor. And then having a bunch of people literally explain to me what the words mean. But, like, what is packed to the gills? Like, what fish is packed to the gills? Like, what are we talking about here, Ryan? I don't know. Like, if I, you know, I, you go to like those Cajun places and you get the uh, like etouffee stuffed yeah. crawfish. I mean, uh, crawfish, crawfish stuffed like catfish. So, is that what like, we're talking about? Are we talking about a fish meal? Like, are we talking that? Maybe. I'm hungry. Now. I don't want to think about a fish's gills when I'm eating it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're going down to this is another want to go more things. Um, we are we see we have another question. We got like another text about cutting bait this week. So oh like, yeah, I'm I'm glad. <laughs> so now we're gonna get a lot of stuff to the gills or packed to the gills, whatever it is. I don't know. I just know we have a jab pack show and there's a lot of stuff going on. We're both excited for some Pac-12 football. And uh, if you want to contact us anyway, you can do this via email, pack 12 podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call or text us. We got a text this week. We also got a voicemail, Dave. So 424-532-0678. Yeah, we got a voicemail. Someone called. That's, and that's incredible. One of our know, six, I didn't know our voicemail box still worked. It does. One of our six Stanford fans uh, called in, so we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, you can tweet us at the We're putting a lot of stuff up there now because of all our picks, the suicide pool, and all that. Pac12podcast.com. Make sure you bookmark that. We want to try to get the Reddit page going, Podcast of Champions. <laughs> Uh, I put a request in for our Pokemon friend Jason to uh, post his stuff over there on the on the on the uh, podcast of Champions Reddit page, and I posted something that football's back. So hopefully, we get people going again. And as always, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. That really does help. The rule is five stars. That's what we want to see. Le- say you know you can insult us however you want to say in the text, but just leave us five stars. That really helps a lot. And I think we got a new one. Uh, we got since a few new show. ones, but we did get a rule breaker. Ooh. I'm going to start with the rule breaker because I'm this. Everyone out there knows how heated it gets me, right? Yeah. It's fine. Call us whatever names you want. Say whatever vile things you want to say about us. That's fine. Maybe a little weird, but it's fine, right? We're cool with that. Just make sure you hit that five star button. Bobby Johnson, the third, he went one star. 
Come on, man. Come on, and then Bobby. He said, and then he said, pay me. And then he said, said I had to write a five-star review. You don't have to write a review. You have to give us five stars if you're going to write a review, Bobby. Come on, man. Read those terms and conditions that you sign every single time you listen to one of these shows. Ryan, yeah. you wrote those terms and conditions. You know what I'm talking about. I wrote them up. And that's, that's the lazy way out. Like, the best way, leave five stars and then insult us in the text. Like, just not saying anything and only leaving the one star. That, that's just such a lazy way out. Yeah, it's, it's absolute crap. So, Bobby, not happy about you. Uh, Jim from Newport. Five stars. So Jim understood. He said, uh, the show that grows on you. Coming from years of listening to the Peristyle podcast and being a fan of Ryan, Keeley, Dan, Shotgun, and Coach Hyde, at first I wasn't sure about the podcast of Champions. Now I look forward to David's snarky behavior, knowing that there is actually quite a bit of intelligence lurking there. He is the perfect opposite to Ryan's congeniality. In my dental office over lunch, when taking a break from seeing patients, I can turn on the show and it immediately puts me to sleep. Good for a quick nap. Thanks, guys, for helping me with my football fix and keep up the good work. Now, Jim, that is a perfect review. A good mix of sincerity and insults. That's what we like. <laughs> and most importantly, Jim, most importantly, you obeyed the prime directive, which is you leave those five stars, baby. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jim, for that. Um, is it the best and only one? Did we read that one already? We haven't done that one. So this is from S. Sankalia, five stars. The best and only Pac-12 podcast. David and Ryan compliment each other just right. Funny and insightful. This podcast is all you can ask for as a Pac-12 football fan. So this is nearly perfect, but there was no insult. <laughs> True. Yeah, we need, we need the insult. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but even right. if you'd gone the best because it's the only Pac-12 podcast for the subject line, that would have been fine. Yeah. There was like the only. I kind of did like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, we have a little, some little newsy stuff I think we can get to first. We'll go through that kind of quickly. Just uh, so we're recording this on Wednesday, and today we found out that Utah signed Kyle Whittingham to a four-year extension. So when his contract is done, David, he'll be in Salt Lake for 34 years, and he'll have been the head coach for 23 of those, taking over for Urban Meyer when his contract is done. That's pretty impressive. Dude's, dude's 60 years old. That's taken him to retirement, more or less. I, I would think. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine him going anywhere else. Like, yeah, I think he's around at least those four extra years, and who knows how much longer. Uh, we also got some information on Pac-12 uh, protocols for game week testing. So daily point-of-care testing, every day of full practice, and, uh, you know, there's once weekly PCR testing at a minimum. In addition to the daily point of care testing for football game weeks, the weekly PCR test will take place within 36 hours of the game time uh, for the home student athletes and with 36 hours of the travel departure for the visitors. Uh, anytime you get a positive point of care antigen test, you have to get a PCR test within 24 hours. Um, so they're going to use a third party testing administrator. So they'll administer the game day point of care antigen tests. Uh, There'll be an air ambulance available, uh, any individual test positive when you're traveling for a competition, and then all testing protocols still have to be subject to state, local, and campus public health requirements. So we got a little bit more information on what they're going to be doing. Very exciting. Is that exciting? Yeah, it doesn't seem very exciting, but I, I figured we no, I know that I know these logistics. It's one of your favorite things, and I'm not going to interrupt you when you're doing it. It's fine. You, okay. know, I, I, you love it. It's, it's fine. information. Like it's the most important We're... thing is that you love it, right? 
because you got to love what you're doing, and you love explaining logistics to people, and I appreciate that about you. <laughs> we also found out a few starting quarterbacks. So uh, Tristan Jebbia for Oregon State, no surprise there. Uh, Jaden Delora is a true freshman from Hawaii, Honolulu, I believe. And I'll uh, say no surprise there because we had gotten inklings that that was going to happen, but yeah. probably more surprising than Jebbia. Yeah. Um, so Washington State, they got their quarterback. And, and Colorado is going to be interesting. So Sam Neuer, he was he was a quarterback. And then last year, uh, Mel Tucker, they switched him to safety. He entered the transfer portal. He came back after the what you know Carl Durrell comes in, and now he's the starter. So uh, Colorado, your quarterback was a safety last year, but he was a quarterback before that, to be fair. Yeah, he wasn't particularly good, if I'm remembering correctly, but hopefully he has matured. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a that's a that's a tough spot. Um, for them, I think that Colorado team is going to have to lean on its defense, especially to start the year. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, maybe let's do the suicide pool right off the top. So uh, we got more information on the suicide pool again, which I love. I mean, I love these things, uh, but we're going to do it a little bit differently uh, this week or this year because you got to pick two instead of of one. So the the page is up. We put a link in the uh, the blog. Uh, and there's a link in the actual podcast description for the suicide pool. You have to pick two every week and you can't double pick them. Um, I went heavy favorites this week, David. I, I, I did Utah and Oregon. That's, you have, that's my you know, pick as well. Utah and Oregon as well. Okay. Yeah. Those are probably going to be the biggest favorites. I haven't looked at all the point spreads, but we'll do that when we end up doing our I should picks. probably officially do this, right? What'd you say? I should probably officially do this like with the form. Uh, yeah, you should officially do that so you can be, you know, so you can enter to win. Uh, I, I, don't, right. I don't know what you're winning, but you, you know, uh-huh. uh, you'll be there. Yeah. A so I entered my picks in the form. Yeah. There's a form. There's a Google form. Was it? Um, yeah. And you just put your two picks in there. Try to use your same email address every week and we'll have something nice for the winner. Don't tell don't me know what it'll be. I don't know how nice it'll be, but we'll have something nice. Um, well, I thought it we won't be do- nice. What'd you say? It won't be nice. It won't be nice. It'll be something. I think it'll be. Uh, it'll be something. And yeah. it might not even be that. And the thought counts, right? The thought. It's the thought that counts. Probably Brian not a lot has of thought, a thought going right into now, this. and that's what counts. Yeah, we're not going to put a lot of thought into it. And if that's what counts, then it probably won't be very nice. Um, well, we got to do our preseason picks. Would you like to do power rankings in reverse? Each program, one at a time. And then we'll do, you know, our previews and stuff after that. Does that work for you, David? I'm down for it. Yeah. Okay. Because we could also like, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. We're going to pick all the games. So we pretty much have to go through each team. um, And we might as well just go in reverse order of our power rankings. So we we spent several seconds coming up with these power rankings. Uh, Really, I did. And then said it to Dave. He said, yep. So. No, no, no. I, said, I, I gave it so much care that I actually gave you a one word response with no punctuation and I misspelled that one word. <laughs> I knew what you're trying to say. That was yeah. fine. But were you OK? This is just, you know, how the sausage is made. Were you OK with the rankings or were you just not going to be bothered? To so, like, no, uh, no, no. I, I gave it a moment's thought, which is I think you have the top of it correct. And I think you have the very bottom of it reasonable and the rest of it is just complete unknowns. That's not worth even giving it more than a moment's thought. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's just, we'll go in uh, reverse order. Our number 12 team heading into 2020 is... Arizona Wildcats. Wow. So what did we decide we're doing? So <laughs> we're, we're going our, to our we'll go through the schedule. I'll, I'll give you the, we'll just kind of go through this quickly. Um, I'll give you week one, two, three, four, five, six. Give you the opponent. I've already written down who I'm picking, and then I'll just write down who you're picking, and then we'll, um, you know, we'll figure out who's right, you know, each week. So so. The problem here, Ryan, is that I did my picks um, smartly many, many moons ago, and now I don't agree with them. So <laughs> anyway, these will be my aggregate picks. Like this is what I'm picking for their records, but I might pick differently this week. Who knows? OK, I mean, that's right. well, these are picks not against the spread. So these are just winning the winners game. and losers, baby winners and losers. So uh, Arizona opens at Utah. Who do you got? I have Utah winning that football game. They have USC at home. I also have Utah. Sorry. I have Utah. I have USC winning that football game. Can I tell you who I have them winning? I have them beating Colorado. That's it. Everything else is a loss. That's exactly what I have as well. So week three, we both have Washington. Week three. They're losing to everybody else. We have UCLA. And week six. So we have week six, a win over Colorado. And then uh, week, I'm sorry, week five, win over Colorado. Week six. A loss to rival UCLA. I mean, uh, Arizona State. Wow. Cool. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then we probably should have switched these two because because I think we're going to have the exact same thing. Uh, our number 11 team. Colorado Buffalo. I have them at one with their only win. Weirdly, because I kind of threw in some random stuff into this. I have their win against ASU. Wow. Okay. So that's one. And ASU does well this year. Don't get, don't, don't start lighting me on fire, ASU fans. I'm just saying there's always some weird stuff. Colorado, I don't think is going to be awful. I think they're just going to be bad. And I think bad is good enough to beat ASU on a bad day. So they're beating ASU. Will I pick that when we get to that game? Probably not. Gotcha. So we're, uh, so just so you know, week one, we're both picking UCLA over Colorado. Uh, Week two, we both pick Stanford. Week three, I pick Arizona State. Dave picks Colorado. Week four, we both pick USC. Week five, we both pick Arizona. And week six, we both pick Utah. I got them going 0-6. So didn't I do this last year? And yeah, like, you're a real Colorado hater. I'm gonna look like the I'm gonna look like a genius when they go three and three, but even I'll be very stupid. We always bet against the buffs and it never works out for us. Yeah. Uh we do, and you know, they came out. Was it last year or beat Nebraska? Yeah, there was some some good stuff there. Okay, uh, we'll see. And I'm going to do this one for our number 10 team. Washington State Cougars. Wow. You you like that one? Yeah, that was good. Um, I've got, I don't know how I came up with this. I've got Washington State going two and four. Okay. Um, But the wins, I have them beating Cal. And I have them beating Washington. That seems very plausible. Does it? No. I have them losing to Oregon State and beating Washington. Was I on something when I did this? I think you were. I'm, I'm, I'm liking my chances here. Uh, I, unfortunately, I also have Oregon. I mean, Washington State going over. <laughs> so I have Oregon State in game one, Oregon in week two, Stanford in week three, uh, Washington in week four, USC in week five, and I have Cal in week six. So. Two of the better teams in the North, you have Washington State beating. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe Washington State surprised us this year. But 
I just think with all the, the transition for the coaching and all that stuff, I think it's going to be really tough. I mean, that's really the two new head coaches. I just don't own, I don't have them winning a game. I think it's just going to be too difficult to install all these new systems in this shortened season. So that's kind of the main reason behind me having Colorado, Washington State as an offer. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, in, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have Arizona as last on the power rank. Yeah, that if, seems very foolish. It's actually matching my records much more than yours. Which is funny because you're the one who did them. I did them, yeah. But, I mean, it's just it's going to change after week one, right? I think we're going to do this. Sure. Uh, all right. Our number uh, nine team we have. UCLA Bruins. All right. I've got UCLA going two and four with wins over Arizona and Colorado and losses to everyone else. So you have – okay. So let's just go through this. You can uh, – I mean, we have week one uh, at Colorado. We both have UCLA. Uh, week two – we both have Utah. It's a Friday night game. Uh, week three, we both have Oregon uh, and Eugene also on a Friday night. Um, week four, we both have the Bruins beating Arizona. Uh, wait, no. Did you have? Yes. Oh, you have UCLA beating ASU? Or with, no, I have them beating Arizona okay. Colorado. Arizona Colorado. Okay. So we both, have, we both have UCLA at two and four. We have them losing to ASU in week five at on the road in Tempe and then losing to USC in the Rose Bowl. So we agree on the UCLA schedule, which means we are probably wildly... Very wrong. Chip Kelly is resurgence. He is resurgence personified. I think? Probably no. Not. Okay. No chance. Let's go our, our number eight team. Oregon State Beavers. Okay, so this is an unfortunate like circumstance because I don't think Oregon State's going to be this bad. And also, again, I was I was very high when I did this. I think I must have been, even though I'm never high. Um, I've got them going one and five with a win with losses where? to everybody except Washington State. They beat Washington State, but lose to Washington, Oregon, Utah because they drew that unfortunate game, and then Stanford and Cal. Could they flip Stanford? Yeah. Could they flip Cal? Probably. Could they flip any of these games except maybe Oregon? Probably. But I've got them going one and five. It's wow. not good. I'm a Beavs fan. I'm probably going to pick them in at least three of these games when we actually get into our week to weeks. But I built some random stuff into this projection this year. And that's where it lays. One and five, Oregon State. So I have the the Beavs at two and four also. Uh, I have wins at, like in the opener against Washington State, but also... Uh, at Stanford on the road in the final game in, in week six. So I got a little more love for the Beavs than Dave, who claims to be a Beavers fan. So I don't know. World's and, biggest. Uh, you're a big one. Uh, by the way, congratulations, uh, Angie Machado, I just saw on social media. 20-year wedding anniversary. So congrats to her. woo Yeah, that's nice. Just a little, you know, put a little personal touch in these ones. That was great. Love yeah. it. Uh, I don't know, remember which social media platform it was, but I saw one of them. Let's go to our number seven team. Stanford Cardinal. So I ended up with a pile of three and three teams in the North and Stanford is one of them. I've got them beating Washington State, Oregon State and Colorado and losing to Washington, Oregon and Cal. OK, so I'm close with you. Uh, I got them losing to Oregon and then getting two wins in a row. Colorado and Washington State. Uh, I got Cal in the in big game. I got Washington, and then also I took Oregon State instead of Stanford. So I have Stanford at two and four instead of three and three, like yourself. I love it. Yeah, I think that's both uh, totally reasonable. 
Okay. But you're uh, wrong, but it's totally reasonable. Yeah. I wonder how wrong some of these are going to be. Um, like, way, way wrong. Uh, let's go. So now we're in the top half. Uh, our number six team. Utah Utes. Man, the Utes not getting a whole lot of love at number six here, even though I, I picked them to win a lot of games. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had no objection to them being picked six. I have them winning the South in my insane projection here. Uh, what are what are the uh, what do you have? For, I've for got them beating so? everybody except ASU. I have the exact same pick. So it's Arizona. I got Utah on the road at UCLA on a Friday night. Got Utah. Uh, USC at home. I got Utah. You, we both have at ASU, ASU, and then Oregon State and at Colorado. We got Utes, the Utes and, and those, I so. don't even think Utah's going to be that good. I don't. I sincerely I, don't. But I think they got they got the better end of the USC scheduling because when that's at Utah, it's always a tough game for USC. And then they got really gifted in the cross divisional game because right. Oregon State. I, I think Oregon State's fine. I think they'll be fine. But it is a game where Utah's going to be favored by like double digits so yeah it's just schedule um, I, I think in a in a, another year they would be like an eight and four team but i think in this year given the condensed schedule and the way the cross divisional matchups worked out five and one so we both have utah at five and one and we have them sixth in the power ranking so that you know the power ranking is going to be adjusted for sure but this is just <laughs> sort of like what we or, thought at the time or we're very wrong yeah, we're very wrong. And it's funny you say Oregon State's fine. You pick them to go one and five. So I don't know how That's fine. The thing you is, think they are. honestly, when I was saying earlier, like the bottom, I, I think it's literally after the top two, you could put them in any order except maybe Arizona or Colorado can't be above like sixth, and probably UCLA too. Those can't be above sixth. I would believe anybody else is the third best team in the league. Yeah, I would. I'd be with you on that. Uh, okay, our number five team, California Golden Bears. <laughs> All right, Cal's another one. I've just gotten that mess of three and three teams in the north. I've got them beating Washington, Oregon State, and Stanford losing to ASU, Oregon, and Washington State. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I have Cal at four and two and paid me, you know, MVP, Chase Garbers. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I think Cal's going to be a good team. I have them beating Washington, losing to Arizona State on the road. It's just they got that tough cross division, you know matchup they just they kind of got the short end there beating oregon state beating stanford on a friday night at home and then uh you know beating i mean uh, losing to oregon and then i have them uh beating washington state all right you know part of my thing is i just don't think washington state's gonna be that good this year but we'll see yeah i've got them basically stealing a couple okay this one will be interesting. We have our number four team. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> wow. All right. I've got ASU as a strong four and two, but four yeah. and two nonetheless. I've got them losing to USC and weirdly to Colorado. They beat everybody else. Utah, UCLA, Cal, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Arizona. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, have, I have ASU at five and one. I have them losing to USC in week one and then running the table after that, California, at Colorado, Utah, UCLA, and then at Arizona on a Friday night for the Territorial Cup. So, uh, yeah, I think ASU is going to be a good team. Could they run the table? I mean, I think they got it. We'll, we'll, when we preview the games, I definitely think they got a chance against USC, but there's a lot of talent there, so I'm just picking the Trojans in that one. All right. Okay. 
uh, our number three team, Washington Huskies. <laughs> All right, another one of the mess of three and three teams for me. I've got them losing to Washington State. I've got them losing to Oregon, and I've got them losing to Cal. But that means they beat Arizona, Stanford, and Oregon State. I have pretty much the same. I have Cal winning uh, on the road. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, at home, week one, you know, Washington's on the road. I have Oregon winning. That's a, a road game as well. So two of the the two toughest North opponents, they, Washington has a play on the road. But I do have them beating Washington State, which is also on the road and on a Friday night. So I got uh, the Huskies at four and two. Got it. And then moving on to our top two teams. Number two, we have USC Trojans. All right, I've got USC at five and one. They only lose to Utah. You have them at four and two. They only lose to Utah and ASU. No, I have both. Uh, same as you, five and one. Wait, I thought you had ASU. Oh, you have ASU losing that game, right? Got it. I do. Got yeah. It. So, but I do have Utah beating USC uh, when they have them in Salt Lake City in week three. So you are predicting then a three-way tie at the top of the Pac-12 South. Yeah, I got uh, USC, ASU. Well, ASU, yeah, ASU, and then and Utah, three-way tie. Damn. I know. So, But I think USC will probably be the highest rank, and I think that's what will decide it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the last one we have, let me find it. Oregon Ducks. All right, I've got Oregon going 6 now. Me too. Stanford at Washington State, UCLA on a Friday night at home. At Oregon State on Friday night, at Cal, which will be, I think, difficult, but I got Oregon winning. And then Washington at home. I think the Ducks take it, and they will be the uh, the hosts for the Pac-12 championship game. Got it. So my standings with tiebreakers are in the north, Oregon, then Cal, then Washington, then Stanford, then Washington State, then Oregon State. Do you have yours? I didn't put them together, but I believe it would be, I don't know, it would depend, because I have a three-way tie at the top of the South, mm. uh, it might be USC, ASU, Utah, because it, it depends on where the ranks are. So clearly, are. I, I just did more of my due diligence. Well, I picked all the games. Like that's Yeah, that's yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, well, in the South, I have Utah winning the South, USC second, ASU third, UCLA fourth, Arizona fifth, and Colorado last. Yeah. Um, With Oregon obviously more than likely beating Utah again. So you got Utah winning. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Oregon to win, you know, beat USC in the championship game. Yep. Okay. All right. So those are the preseason picks. We will keep track. Uh, I got them all written down. So we'll keep track uh, every week of uh, what's going on. And that's our power rankings, uh, which will be adjusted and probably should be adjusted compared to what our picks are. But no, you know, no, I think we keep them as is. They're beautiful. No, we'll definitely keep them as is, and then we'll readjust them next week after we uh, check out the uh, check out some games. Um, well, we got to do our our game picks. I'm excited for these days. Before we do, I just want to tell everyone about my bookie late fall college football, the NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer 
or been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a full-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. The best part is MyBookie. At MyBookie, the doors never close. You can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. When you do, use promo code PAC12 to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200 they match you with another 100 in your account. If you're already play, planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie.com. So join in the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Beautiful. Don't don't use our picks. You definitely should use our picks. Don't use Ryan's picks for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know we'll see. We'll see how the picks go. Uh, it was a it was a rough year last year, so we'll uh, we'll see how they go this year. And uh, we got to jump into the games. And I think, if I remember correctly, because it's been a while, right, since we've done this, um, we would go by the order the games were being played. Is that correct? That is absolutely 100% correct. All right. So this one, 9 a.m. for you folks, uh, the early risers. We have Arizona State Sun Devils <laughs> heading to L.A. to take on USC Trojans. All right. This game is on Big Fox. Early, early game. Very cool. Uh, USC is favored by 10 and one half points. So you got Jaden Daniels coming to town. You got Keaton Slovis receiving him, greeting him, saying hello. How you doing? Uh, USC, um, coached by Clay Helton. Always got a factor in here. Um, I think that USC offense is going to be pretty good um, because it was pretty good last year. Um, ASU, I think there's a few more questions. Um, You know, that young receiving core is Jaden Daniels going to develop a rapport really quickly. How's the running back room going to look? Um, don't super know some of those things about the offense, but Jaden Daniels is really good. Um, and then defensively, I think both teams have some things some things to work out. Um, ten and a half feels like a lot to me. So I'm going to take ASU plus ten and a half. I think USC wins, but I think it's going to be more like a touchdown because Herm Edwards doesn't lose games uh, by more than one score. That's a, that's a key point uh, for Herm Edwards. And, you know, for USC, it's just covering some of the big spreads. They The problem is they have the firepower. They easily could, and that's why the spreads are usually that high. But, I mean, I'm going to roll the dice getting 10.5 points all day long in, in this game and, and you know, picking against USC for that one, taking the Sun Devils. The, the X factors here, I think USC is a more talented team. I do think the offense, the special teams are going to be better. They had to get new your coordinators on the defensive side of the ball and special teams, they just, they were underperforming there compared to the talent they have. And Todd Orlando does turn things around fairly quickly, but I like some of the X factors are going for ASU just with the health uh, restrictions that were going on there. I mean, I talked to Chris Cartman this week, previewing the game uh, for uscfootball.com and the amount of practice time they got with the coaches where typically when spring ball ends, you don't get time with the coaches. You can do, player run practices. You can work with the strength coaches for times. They had these 20 hour a week things going and they were getting a lot of practice time with the coaches. It wasn't tackling, but they were out there on the field 
when you're installing a new offense, you know, bringing in Zach Hill from, from Boise State, that should be exciting. They're going to have some more tight ends and fullbacks and stuff in the offense. But you do that, you get a lot of on-field 11-11 practice time, stuff that, like, the California schools just couldn't do, really until training camp started, basically. So this was a good opportunity throughout the summer to get a lot of time in and getting to play, you know, right away. If this game was later in the season, it might be different, but you're starting off right away with one team that prepared a lot more than the other, you know, for months. Um, they had seven spring practices in as well. So yeah, I think ASU, there's enough of an X factor here. Uh, and I think they're going to be a really good team. I just don't have them beaten uh, USC in this one out- outright, but I will take the seven and a half points for sure. Yep. Uh, that'll be a good one to watch. All right. Uh, but 9 a.m. Uh, you're, what were you? You were anti 9 a.m. or you're okay with it? I'm, I am not just okay with it. I am pro. You're pro. Okay. I'm in favor. I just remember talking to so many people. Some people don't like it. I did like a radio yeah, show. No, it's, it's great. I think it's totally fine that you um, record a podcast with me uh, every week and don't remember my opinions about, um, you know, key subjects. It's fine. I mean, it's cool. No, no, it, it's fine. We can move on. It's hard enough to listen to you. Like, enough, like I, just, I can't remember what you say, too. Uh, all right. <laughs> next up, we have Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> they got to go on the road to take on Utah Utes. This game will be on at 12.30 p.m. on ESPN2. uh, Arizona traveling to Utah. Utah is favored by a couple of touchdowns, 14 points. Um, So I think think Arizona's going to be pretty bad. And I'm sorry, Arizona fans. I think it's just just the truth. It's it's my truth. And I'm going to believe it until I see otherwise. And probably even after that. Um, Grant Gunnell, our man. My man, uh, he's probably going to run that Noel Mazzoni offense better than Khalil Tate did. Uh, Tate was not necessarily a fit for that thing. Gunnell is much more so. Um, so that might be better. I think that defense could be pretty bad again. Um, I think the offense, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to run the ball particularly well. Um, Gunnell will probably be a little bit better, but is it going to be enough to make up for that bad defense? I really have my doubts. Utah, you know, it's it's some question marks for sure. Um, as Kyle Whittingham said a couple weeks ago, uh, he thinks the offense is going to be um, probably ahead of the defense at the beginning of the season. And if you look at the roster, that does make some sense. Um, but looking at this, I would probably take Utah up to like 17 or 18 points. So at 14 points, I'm definitely taking the Utes. Um, I think they should be significantly enough better that this one won't be close. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. It's a lot of points, and especially for an opener. And it's like, I, by rule of thumb, like, when you don't even know what's going on, like, take the points. But and you look at, yeah, is Tyler Huntley there? No. Zach Moss? No. Bradley and I, Jalen Johnson, Lakey Foto. I mean, a lot of losses. We know that from the Utah side of the ball. But, man, talking to our boy uh, Jason Shear, it sounds like you're going to have walk-ons play it on the Arizona defense. And... Um, Grant Gunnell is, uh, I like him. Gunnell. Grant Gunnell. I do like him. Uh, they bring in UCLA's defensive back coach to coach, uh, the defense. I think they're going to do more of a three, four sort of scheme, which I like, but uh, I don't know, man, this is just, I just don't think this is going to be a very good team. And I think Utah getting the opener at home, they got to do, you know, quite a bit of practicing. I just feel like this is going to be the Utes sort of like flexing their muscles a little bit. So 14 is a lot of points. 
But I'm uh, I'm going with the Utes, and I think they'll cover. Good stuff. We're agreeing. We're we agreeing. are in full agreement right now. Yeah, which is scary. Okay. Not good. Maybe we'll be different on this one. Next up, we have UCLA Bruins and Colorado Buffalo. All right, this one's at 4 p.m. on ESPN2. UCLA traveling to Boulder to take on the Buffs. UCLA is a six and a half point favorite. I'm wondering what your disagreement is with this because I'm taking those points 100% of the time. Uh, UCLA, so here's, here's where UCLA is. UCLA was a bad team last year, right? No dispute. We're, we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. Colorado, also not good, right? But right there with them. Like, more or less the same basic thing going on. Um, UCLA offensively lost the guy who made the offense work, Joshua Kelly. It's never worked without him. I mean, they've played games without him, and it has not worked. Uh, so, Chip Kelly, you going to figure that one out? I don't know, but there's not really another option who's going to be Josh Kelly out there. So, you've got that to work out. You've got Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who led the country in personal turnovers last year at quarterback. Uh, you don't have Devin Asiasi at tight end. And you're replacing three starters on the offensive line. So that offense, which was average to below average last year, hard to see it getting a whole lot better. Okay? So that's, that's offense. Defense, uh, the Bruins have had a bad defense for two straight years. Um, we're anticipating a lot of movement towards a 4-2-5 this year. Uh We'll see what that looks like. Um, a lot of hope is being pinned on defensive backs coach and assistant head coach Brian Norwood that he's actually like a de facto defensive coordinator and designed a whole new scheme. And we're going to see a bunch of different, you know, aggression and different sorts of things. I'll believe it when I see it on the football field. As it is right now, uh, just looking at personnel, UCLA replaces almost literally everyone in the linebacker core. Uh, they return a few guys from a secondary that was really bad last year. And their defensive line uh, is probably good at the top end, lacks maybe a little bit of depth for a 4-2-5. So looking at that in total, I'm more excited about the Colorado defense than I am about anything else on the field. I think the Colorado defense could actually be average to above average this year. I like that defensive line. I like that they return a lot of guys in their front seven. The secondary, you know, they they, they have to replace Onu, and that's not great. but. Um, I still like that defense a lot. I like the continuity and scheme. I'm assuming it's continuity and scheme with the returning defensive coordinator. So all of that to say, I don't know if Colorado wins this game, but I don't think they lose it by seven points. You, I mean, I'm picking uh, UCLA in this one. If it was like a seven-point spread, just as under a touchdown, I just it's hard for me to pick You know, Carl Durrell in his first game at Colorado, limited preparation i mean he was See, brought i in don't like... think this is a Darrell. I, I think so here's the thing there's a few different things i think about carl Darrell. one uh he last coached 13 years ago whatever like who knows what kind of head coach he's going to be I, i'm not going to use a whole bunch of past performance when he was like 40 for what he's going to do when he's 57 right the other thing is um i don't know how much effect he's had on this team i mean he's only been coaching them really for a month um and essentially both coordinators. Is he really coaching this team right now? Like, is he really going to be like doing a whole lot with scheme work? I, yeah, I have my I doubts. Mean, I think it's it, going to be a lot of continuity stuff. 
Darren Chavarini. I mean, you lose some dudes like LaVisca Chenault, stud, you know, Tony Brown, Stephen Montez. Um, but guys, I believe like Mustafa Johnson, Terrence Lang, Nate Landman, they're, they're all back, right? Like, Oh yeah, no, they returned basically all their production on the defensive line. Plus, I mean, a ton at linebacker. I mean, both inside linebackers are back. Um, one of their outside linebackers is back. Three of their key defensive linemen are back like this. It's a, it's a, it's an experienced and I think an improving defense at the end of last year. I don't think it was good by any stretch, but it was improving, which gives me, and that was, you know, Mustafa Johnson was hobbled with an ankle pretty much all year. Um, a couple of the defensive backs who are back this year, they were out for long stretches. So I don't know. There's reason to think that this defense could be again. And I'm not like saying it's going to be great. I'm just saying it's going to be above average. Like, I think that's a real possibility. And if it's, in that realm where you can say that's likely, I think that's better than either of UCLA's side of the ball. Like, I don't think you can say that about UCLA's offense or UCLA's defense. I think you can say Colorado's defense, that they should be okay. Like, they should be average to above average, which is something to hang your hat on. Yeah. Well, okay. I, get, I mean, I think the defense is going to be better. Uh, Tyson Summers is back calling the defense. Darren Cheverini has been around. He called plays a couple years ago. But the thing is, like, I have to go with certain philosophies. We're going in the season. Don't know much. This is a team that had zero spring practices. They had, you know, Bowler wouldn't let them practice for a while. You got Carl Durrell coming in who hasn't coached forever. I just feel like this is going to be a team that's going to need a year under its belt to, like, actually be pretty good, even with some of the personnel they have. Obviously, I could be uh, completely wrong. You know, I just – there's some continuity. You know, they bring back uh, – Drew Wilson, the, the strength coach and stuff, but you have a, a, a former safety starting as your quarterback. You got Carl Durrell coming in, like you said, didn't really have a chance to do much of anything. I, is is a Chip Kelly coached UCLA team going to be great? No, but I mean, you got a returning quarterback. I feel like this is a thing where UCLA might win by seven or 10 points on the road and not going to be a pretty game. It just, I think it's going to take Colorado a while to kind of get something going. I don't know if it'll happen in 2020 season. That's just my philosophical look at the season. And obviously that can be completely wrong. I didn't pick them for much last year and they did a lot better. Um, but uh, I think this one's going to take a little while to get rolling. Okay. So you're comfortable being wrong. That's fine. Cool. Let's I'm move very on. comfortable being wrong. I've got used to it quite a bit. Yeah, um, especially last year. Yes. Uh, not the, the four years prior, but the, you know, the, the last two I, years. I don't know. I, I, I only go back as far as last year. Gotcha. All right. I delete uh, all records. Next up. So we disagree on that one. Next up, uh, we have Stanford Cardinal. Going up to Eugene to take on Oregon Ducks. Remember how fun these matchups used to be? Those used to be good. Like, yeah. This, this one's on it at 430 on ABC. So big national game. Stanford traveling to number 12, Oregon. Oregon is favored by 11 points um, at home over the Cardinal. So Stanford is, to an extent, a little bit of a wild card for me um, because they were quite bad last year. Like, I don't want to you know, say anything other than that. They were quite bad last year, but they probably shouldn't have been. Like That was, you know... I think a lot of things went wrong that maybe otherwise wouldn't have. They're still a relatively talented team. They've got Davis Mills, who's a very good quarterback. Um, that receiving course should be pretty decent uh, defensively. They haven't had a good defense in quite a long time now. Um, but maybe last year was not, not a mirage, but 
you know, maybe a little bit like, I don't know. I can't talk myself into it. I think Oregon wins this and I think they take it by more than 11. I tried to talk myself into Stanford right there. It didn't work out for me. Uh, I think Oregon um, with, you know, some guys returning who were previously thinking about leaving um, and with, you know, I, I think they've got to obviously replace the entire offensive line, um, new quarterback, the whole thing. The offense might not quite be gelling at the beginning of the year, but I think that defense should still be pretty good. And I think the offense will be, you know, maybe younger, but still pretty damn talented. So, yeah, give me Oregon minus 11. I'm fine with that. I'm doing that, too. Uh, we're we're going to have a voicemail and it's a Stanford fan trying to convince us that they're going to be a lot better. And you were starting. you were starting down that road. I was trying, man, but I couldn't do it. I was late to the party. This is another philosophical thing where it's just like, I don't think David Shaw's got it anymore. Um, you know, that was his first losing season last year. First bolus season. I think he's going to get another one. And uh, I just don't. I don't think Stanford's going to be very good this year. And uh, there's there's some good things happening for sure. I think there's some talent, but there's there's just too much that I'm concerned about that just seems like. That's not that formula isn't working anymore. So again, this is more about the philosophy. I think Stanford's not going to be that good. Now, if they go out there and win a bunch of games, prove me wrong. That's fine. But at this point, I'm kind of sticking with what my gut is saying. And my gut is saying I was late to the party last year. I'm not going to uh, say it's an anomaly. I just think I saw I didn't see the trend early enough like you did. And uh, I'm I'm sticking on the trend. I think uh, Stanford's going to be bad again. Right. Let's uh, let's go with this one. I'll give you the the good. Well, I already gave you the good one. I'll give you the bad one this time. Washington State Cougars. Go to visit Corvallis and take on Oregon State Beavers. So this is the 7:30 p.m. game on Fox Sports One. So you got to worry about truck racing there. Washington State traveling to Corvallis. Oregon State is a one and a half point favorite. Um. You know, I get weird with these seasons and I start like really wanting to watch certain games. So there's like, you know, you got your ASU, your USC, you've got the UCLA Colorado game, which I should be ostensibly concerned about Uh, Stanford, Oregon, even Washington Cal. This game is maybe the one I'm like most intrigued by because I really want to know which of these teams is any good because I think one of them will be. I don't think they both can be, but I think one of them will be surprisingly good and I'm not at all sure which one it's going to be. Um, Oregon state, I feel maybe I just feel better about them because I really like Jonathan Smith. Like, I really think he's done a very good job there so far. And so I'm just kind of convinced maybe a little bit more that they can replace losses a little bit better than proof or any kind of evidence would show. Um, so, and then Washington state, you know, I, I like Nick Rolovich at, um, Hawaii quite a bit. I don't know anything about his quarterback. Um, but Seems like he's, you know, obviously picking the guy that he wanted at Hawaii to run his, you know, kind of weird run and shoot offense. So is it is that going to be just hitting the ground running? Um, You know, I know there are some similarities with the air raid, but there are some significant differences from what I understand. So will it, you know, be something that these guys can just kind of take the keys and run with it the same way uh, they were able to do with Mike Leach's scheme last year? Yeah. all that to say, um, I'm more convinced of Jonathan Smith as a coach. I know Tristan Jebio. It was a you know a fine prospect out of high school who went Power Five originally. So no reason to think that he won't be able to handle that position. Um, 
you know, they've got to replace some bodies, but I like that running game for Oregon State. I like that improving defense. So give me Oregon State. Um, I'll take them to cover this one and a half. I, uh, Did I, I pick Washington State in the in the preseason uh, overall rankings? You bet I did. But I've got Oregon State winning this game. No, you have Oregon State. You picked Oregon State. Oh, fine. Whatever then. I'm consistent. Oregon State, baby. I got you there. I got you there too. And I think there's a few uh, things here. Uh, it's as far as like, I like Nick Rolovich. Um, I do. And it's like picking a quarterback that's a freshman that you know was going to run your kind of system. Um, you know, they might see, you know, that we might see the number two guy, you know, get playing time and stuff, but this is a team that you got a new coach. So the philosophy for me is going to be new coach pandemic. That's bad. How many spring practices they have? None. Uh, that's bad. Oregon state third year head coach, third year defensive coordinator, third year offensive coordinator. You, you know, um, Tristan Jebbia, you've seen, you know, what's going on there. Uh, they had five spring practices. They got a lot, you know, a little bit more work. Uh, and even though there were some health restrictions at, uh, at, you know, in Oregon early on, Jake Luton, he's going to start this weekend for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. How crazy is that? So that's nuts. Gardner Minshew had a mustache injury or something. I don't know what happened to him, but that's something. Whatever. Jake Luton's going to start. It's only one and a half points. You got. Oregon State on the road. I just think the X factors are porting to Oregon State's way. The continuity that that they would have versus everything being new at Washington State. I just, if it was more points, I would think about it. One and a half points, uh, I'm not thinking about it. Yep. Give me the beeves. All right. And our our last one, which unfortunately, like the two most watchable games, the two, well, I mean, you could say USC, Arizona State too, but. Two of them are on at the same time, unfortunately, and this one is great. Washington Huskies. <laughs> Going to California Golden Bears. You're with me on Washington State, Oregon State. Like you're really interested in that game, right? I completely. I want to see who. I want to see that game, but obviously, you know, my boy Chase Garbers and Cal. I got. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm got the two screens. Going. When you can watch the MVP of the league play, you got to watch the MVP of the league yeah. play. Uh, this is on uh, opposite the Wazoo-Oregon State game, Washington at Cal at 730. Uh, this is on ESPN. And uh, hold on to your seats. Cal is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this football game. One-and-a-half-point favorite. That's California nuts. Is. That's absolutely nuts. And I get it. But it's absolutely nuts to me. I think there's some unknowns about Washington for sure. Like from a coaching perspective, what's that offense going to look like? Um, but man, one and a half point favorite for Cal. Boy, I, I really, I don't like, I'm not loving picking like a road team, but I'm definitely picking Washington here. Um, even though, again, I, did I pick Cal to win this one? Like, you did. Yeah, no, I'm picking Washington. Um, <laughs> I can't even keep uh, <laughs> consistency through an episode in terms of my picks. Um, I'm picking Washington uh, to, I guess, probably win outright at this point, unless they win by a point. Um, I think Cal's going to be good. Um, I think Washington's got a lot more talent across the board. I guess I'm pinning a lot of hopes on Jimmy Lake and what that offense is going to be able to do under John Donovan. Um, but I don't know. Until we see Cal like actually um, generate points against the solid defense consistently, 
I, I just have a hard time picking them in a game like this. And yeah, I know they've won games like this and they very well could do this again. Uh, but Washington's a significantly more talented team. So give me the Huskies. Yeah, it's uh, I got to go with Cal on this one. I just think they're going to be uh, making those you know strides forward this year. Um, I like them at home uh, in the opener. It's only one and a half points. If it was a field goal, I'd probably take Washington. But like less than a field goal, I'll just go with my original pick with the preseason pick was Cal. Because, you know, I like to be consistent, unlike my co- co-host over there. No, I don't uh, do it. I don't do consistency. That was what I thought three weeks ago. I am a different person now. I have many new cells, you know. Skin cells rub off. New ones come on or grow or whatever the cells do. I'm not a biology major. But what I'm saying is, and this is the important thing, Parts of me are gone now that will never return. Those dead cells, they're gone. They're yeah. dust. They're vacuumed up. They're in the trash can. And now I'm a new man. And this new man, he thinks Washington wins this football game. All right. Well, for me, Washington, no spring practices. Cal got some in. They got four. Got some continuity with, with Chase Garber's back. And with him, he's 7-0 and in games that he played more than half. We started the game. So... It's a big deal. If he stays healthy, I think Cal is going to win this one. So I will take Cal and lay the one and a half points. So we we disagree on two games. It's the I have Cal, you have Washington, uh, and I have UCLA, and you have Colorado. Very cool. Yeah. So good stuff there. Uh, well, those are our picks. Who are pre? We, man, we that was a lot. Uh, was there anything else we had to talk about before we uh, get to questions? I hope not. All right. Let's. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and answer your questions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the podcast of champions. That was an action-packed, information-packed segment, David. We just We got so much in on that one. That was incredible. I laughed. I cried. I just, I, I genuflected. There was a lot going on. There was. And you're, you're not more that you don't like, you know, giving the guys the information out there, the guys and the gals, but we gave them a bunch of information. We gave them our picks. We gave our opinions, previewed all the games. This is going to be fun. I just, I'm so excited to watch football on Saturday. Uh, I just can't wait, but we do, we have some questions and I thought we'd start off with a voicemail if that's okay with you. I love Uh, to start with a voicemail. Let me play it for you and get your thoughts. Hello, Ryan and Sith Lord Dave. Picking Stanford to go three and three or worse. Sealed your fate this season, my friends. I just want to know what are each of you willing to do to apologize, to beg forgiveness to the six of us Stanford fans left out here when they win their fourth and then fifth game of the season, they will factually be better at every position on the field with the possible exception of where Paulson and Evo played because Walker little was hurt all last year. Anyway, 
every other place will take a step forward and with any luck at all with health. Boom. We'll see you at the end of the season with a minimum of five wins. Which one of you is going to sing All Right Now by the band Free? Hmm? Which one? Keep up the below average work, gentlemen. Uh, I think my some... favorite part of that call, Ryan, was the, the, part was, uh, the, background. the baby the baby crying in the background. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I got to leave this voicemail. That's the most important thing on my agenda right now as a Stanford fan. And the baby, sorry. You're done, baby. Yeah, if uh, Stanford wins more than three games, I, you don't want me singing all right now, but we could play it on the podcast. Well, I'll sing. I'll sing. Okay. I'll handle it. Uh, for the record... Dave has Stanford at three and three. I have Stanford at two and four. Yeah. So we are both under the threshold there. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with this thought that they're going to be better at every position? No, of course not. No. That's crazy. Crazy yeah. talk. Crazy talk from a crazy Stanford fan. You know how rabid those Stanford fans get. They are just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were 17 players that entered the transfer portal. How about that? Is that a, is that an issue? I don't think that's good. No. I don't think that's good. Um, uh, yeah. Ready for this text message? Or wait, no, we got to do the email. The email, the email from our man Bob. Okay. Favorite in-game announcers. Hey y'all. Oh, this is this is Alaskan Bob giving giving us the y'all again. All right. Your favorite Alaskan Bob here. Now that games are starting up soon, I just want to ask, what are your favorite and least liked play-by-play announcers for college football? If you can talk about the Fox, ESPN, and the other channels announcers, that would be awesome. Do you have a favorite? Uh, somebody I found really annoying last year, but I can't remember his name. He's the one who does the radio show, and he's trying to be like the new Corso, but he's youngish. What's that dumbass's name? I don't remember. Um, I mean, he's like he's like very barstool sportsy. Uh, McAfee, McAfee. Not a fan. Okay. Oh, I I found him so annoying listening to him in a football game. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to see any of the Pac-12 people because they're all they're all out now. Um, no, no Pac-12 games. I mean, I like the Fox crew. I like Clatt and uh, and Gus Johnson. I mean, I think Herb I think Street... Gus, Gus Johnson's kind of bad, like objectively. Like if you're trying to like learn about the game or whatever, like he's pretty bad. Um, but he brings some excitement at least. So that's yeah. something. Uh, Clatt, I think, is pretty good. Um, I think just generally, I think he does a pretty good job of talking things through. Um, uh, I like uh, Herb Street, and uh, who's he? Is he with Nestler or is he with uh, Reese? No, uh, he's with Reese, I think. Yeah, I, I get them mixed up sometimes, but yeah, they're all the same person. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I like Herbie. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really have as many strong opinions about the football guys. Um, you know, I, I think they're all uh, pretty replaceable. Um, I always like listening to games with Petros. That's fun. He's good. I mean, I Yogi, brings, we like what he was in the fun and energy. Yeah, I think Yogi does some good work, and I hope he, I hope his contract allows him to like do some spot work for other networks this season, since he's not going to be able to do any game stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, do you I ever think... watch the uh, the CBS game? Do you like uh, Lundquist and was it? I, I barely ever watch it, so yeah. I don't have any strong opinions. Um, who's the one who's always railing against? Um, the refereeing and always, what's his name? Yeah, this is bad. This is just bad. I don't, I don't remember these people's names. All I know is I really don't like that McAfee guy. I thought he was really super annoying. 
and I generally like games that Petros is on. I uh, I love like I I think Mike Tirico is really good at his jobs. I I'm not a huge fan of him with the Notre Dame games though. Like, what it's like you're covering. It's like he's covering a specific team as opposed to yeah something general. That it just it's hard for me to get into that. You know. Yeah, agree. But Tirico's really good. Yeah, Tirico's good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that one. Uh, that was a uh, Alaskan Bob. We appreciate that. We have a text message, like I promised you we were going to have. The last clarification on fish or cut bait. The cut part is cutting the line with the bait on it. If I've had a bait fish on the line for a long time and it seems like it's not getting the job done, I'll, quote, cut bait and just cut the bait fish free and thus stop wasting my time with a bait fish that's giving me little to no shot of catching the big one. Yeah, so I love this. So uh, the literal explanation I didn't really need with the first sentence, like I get the function of it. But what you did, which no one else did, was explain to me, like, there is an actual situation where you're going to cut that line and just let the fish go. Like, I get it. I I understand. But, like, I'm like, I don't know. I've gone fishing twice in my life. I've never had to cut the line. So I wanted to know, is that a real thing fishermen do? You've actually explained that it is? This is great. Appreciate it. We need absolutely no more clarifications about fish or cut bait. We're done. We're good. You definitively answered the question, and I appreciate that about you unnamed text message giver i am actually going fishing tomorrow I'm excited uh, for you you go with more knowledge now a little more knowledge it's, it's really what he's talking about. i don't think he's talking about actually cutting the line for the bait fish this is a you're going for like yellowfin tuna and dorado and stuff we're going out of san diego so you're going to mexican waters it's warm some great fishing going on but you put on like a sardine um live and you need to get ones that are moving around pretty good because the fish can kind of tell the difference. So you want one in there. If it's in there for a minute or so and it's not doing anything, it's like literally you're supposed to reel up, get rid of it, and put another one on because you need a live fish on there. So I think he's really talking about not actually cutting the line but just getting That's rid of that. That's interesting because he said the cut part is cutting the line with the bait on it. I know, but you don't – they're, like you just reel up the bait and throw it off. You don't have to cut the hook off and tie the hook. You guys are killing on. me. You, you fishermen with your talk about this, it's killing me. It's like listening to people talk about IPAs. You I don't want to hear need, it anymore. We need more clarification, I think. We I don't want to hear come. another goddamn word about this. <laughs> Send us what you think about your favorite IPA, your least favorite IPA, and why. And then also your thoughts on removing your bait. Mm, I love the armpit taste of this one. No, no, this one. This one smells like I had a flower in my armpit. Um, What is the one? There's one. Uh, it's like a peach or an orange or something. The new one like that people get. I forget what it was, but I had the other day. It's actually pretty good, but it's not an IPA, but it's They're all uh, beer. It's all beer. Yeah, it's all. It performs the exact same function. And all of this is purely functional. None of it tastes good. As I've said many times, just drink chocolate milk if you want something that tastes good. If you want to get your head bad, then drink beer. Are you a strawberry milk guy? No, strawberry milk's piss. It's, I mean, it's so sweet. It's pretty, I haven't had it for like You can't do it. Uh, you're, you're, a, you're a much bigger like sweet guy than I am, I think. Yes. Like I don't, I can't do things that are that sweet. Like chocolate milk, that's good. You put a little bit of like chocolate syrups in some milk, that's good. You know, that's fine. I don't want to do like strawberry milk. That's got like some fake sugar in it. No, none of that. There's a lot, yeah. I haven't had, I kind of want some now. Damn it. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. All right, good, good. Glad we got that out of there. All right. Uh, this is from Shane. It's long, but I'm presuming it's funny because it's Shane. Uh, the official preseason top 10, official in quotes. 
Uh, here is my preseason top 10 for the POC. I'll update these rankings after the season to reflect changes in performance and determine an official 2020 champion of this podcast. Note to listeners that might want to challenge my rankings. Remember, this is preseason, so just like any good advantage, these rankings will be based on projections and past results until live data is added. So he's got others receiving votes first. The one-star review guys. I just like that there are two people who listen to this podcast, presumably more than once, and decided Dave's insufferable personality was somehow a weakness and not the entire premise of the show. <laughs> uh, Pokemon guy and Sims guy. I admire the tenacity in the face of Ralph Wiggum Valentine energy. Just keep it coming. You'll win us over soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chris Fetters, I know a lot. He knows a lot of information about college football, soccer, and Dinosaur Jr. Your Google voicemail hanging up on him after three minutes as he explained the backup linebacker eligibility at UW was perfect. He might still be going, actually. Has anybody checked on him? <laughs> Ryan, usually a playoff. Wow, you're in others receiving votes. I, this is this is tough. Oh, wow. All right, Ryan, usually a playoff contender, but this has been a rough offseason for his program. Yosemite, quote, the one by Fresno, and has been on the wrong side of the playoff expansion debate for weeks on end, climbing back up the same little hill every week to die on. Big potential as always. He'll need to prove it when the live bullets fly. I'm not just going to put him in my top 10 based on name alone. Damn. Wow. That's Damn pretty it. tough. First of all, Yosemite is by Fresno. And secondly, <laughs> as far as the, the it's funny that there's like three people that are adamant that the playoffs shouldn't be expanded, and they're the ones we hear from the most. And everyone else is like, "Yeah, they expand it." Yeah, you yeah know? No, you're a silent majority majoritarian. I get it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Now to the contenders. Ten. Ty John Wilner. <laughs> Ty John Wilner and John Wilner two John Canzano. <laughs> uh, this entire endeavor endeavor just works better as a nonsense pop culture and history podcast. Stuff like which cheeseburger does the most socialisms, so I blame these two whenever we waste time on football during our precious offseason. But once real football does kick off, either one could sneak up and get you at any point. All right, love it. Yep. Nine, Chris and Soul. This guy lives in a different country halfway across the world and spends time writing emails to a weird amateur sports podcast. He's consistent, and he's got big weird upside. <laughs> uh, eight, that guy from Arkansas. This guy also lives in a different country and writes emails to this podcast, but has never been as mean as Chris and Soul was that one time. <laughs> Seven, Andrew, personal fan favorite. I love anybody who sends charts with 74 years of data in it should be described out loud on a podcast. <laughs> you remember that time Andrew sent us, uh, I want to say, a 30-page document? Yes. Remember that 30-page document? We, we went over it line by line, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> six rj abadia like sims guy and pokemon guy i appreciate somebody committing energy to content that literally nobody is asking for stanford football beat writer is a thankless gig and this man somehow meets that challenge with a dignified humor and self-awareness he's good nice. five five dave <laughs> nothing else nothing else. four hithliday rusty fences i hope we all appreciate the weird bar he has set here He's on podcasts every week, but for some reason, he appeared on our Zoom call with a voice disguised like a Scooby-Doo villain. This fan is all of our collective appreciation for factual content in sentient form. Like Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black, just a bug suit of Pac-12 roster study posing as a human. If he gets into the playoffs, watch out. 
Uh, three, the dude you interviewed who said the, 20, <laughs> the 2017 <laughs> Cal Bears would win 11 games. He's like 2020 Ohio State. We may not have seen him for a while, but he's got elite talent, and if, when, he ever laces up again, he'll immediately find himself in the top five. So I just save him a spot right here near the top. Man. Two. <laughs> I'm, out, I'm out of the top ten, and we got... Ryan Gorsi right there, baby. Gorsi, oh. Angie Machado, I hope the six people who subscribe to Beaver Blitz appreciate how good she is at what she does. I have nothing snarky or funny to say about her. She's seriously great. Yeah. And then one, Bree the intern. She came on the podcast one time. It seemed like she had a marginal interest in knowledge of football and football podcasts, but spent more time talking about, hunt- about hurdling and debating if Hawkeye was stronger than Thor. He's not. And then left, never to be heard from again. This is the most on-brand on brand thing that has ever happened to the POC. She's 2020 Wisconsin, the first 1-0 national champion, and she'll remain on top unless somebody really steps up the season and takes her spot. Good luck this season, everybody. I'll see you after the season with an updated official top 10 postseason rankings for the podcast of champions. Keep up the work, your friend and compatriot, Shane. Shane, amazing stuff as always. And uh, the Brie thing's interesting. I haven't talked to her for a while. Uh, the problem is, we were not in a consistent mode of doing the show. It's basically like last second, like, Hey, we're going to do the show. And she lives like an hour away. So it was going to be tough to, to kind of do that. And then it's just, yeah, it's more work. People think like, Oh, let's get a couple of interns. That's going to make things easier. You get more interns. It's more work. Um, but if we get it a consistent, like we're going to do at the same time every week, which we probably should during the season, I think we should. So if we can do that, that's we'll do it. And then we'll see if uh, Bree can come out and help us out. Beautiful. Uh, that would be uh, that would be wonderful. All right. This is from Paul. It's low floor, high ceiling champions. In your mind, which team from each division has the highest likely variance in their performance this season? A team that seems equally likely to exceed all expectations or fall totally flat on their face. And are there any teams who are the opposite, who you're fairly certain will perform as expected? Thanks for your time. And you're always awesome podcast, even though sometimes it's also simultaneously. Uh, hold on. Let me play this. They were ferocious. Ferocious. I always look forward to seeing it pop up on my feed. Thanks, Paul. That was nice. Very sweet. Um, all right. So highest variance. Um, in the South, I'll go ASU. I could see ASU being like mediocre. And I could also see them being like the top team in the league. Or yeah. the I think I I might go with Utah because I think Utah could win the South for the third time, but I I just feel like their floor. Well, Utah's always so good though. They don't. It's to me, it's USC or A, I mean Utah or ASU because I just think Arizona, Colorado, and UCLA are going to be bad. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll go ASU on this one. And uh, Arizona in the South is the one I'm very sure about how they're going to perform. I might go Colorado. I'm not as sure about Colorado. Arizona, I'm pretty sure. Just my philosophy on like new, I'm going Colorado. That's fine. Bottom. And then the North, um, I would say the highest variance one is, I think there's a lot of room with a lot of these teams, but just for uh, funsies, I'll go Cal. I was thinking Cal, but I was also thinking maybe Washington too. Um, is it? 
out of the realm of possibility that they sort of fall off with a new head coach and all that. I think there's going to be a lot of continuity. It's still a really talented team. I, I, but I think I'll, I'll agree with you on Cal because, you know, they're a Chase Garber's injury away from being bad, right? So Garber's in. I think the ceiling's pretty high. Garber's out or if something happens, uh, who knows? They could lose a whole bunch of games. So I, I think I'll agree with that one. And Oregon would be my most consistent. I, just, yeah, I absolutely. think they're going to be. I think they're going to be good. And I'm not sure of the performance of any other of the five teams in the North. Like, I think they could all range a little bit. So it's, Oregon, it, Oregon's definitely the, the pick there. Yeah, and it's more of like, like I could see Cal winning. I could see Washington winning. I, I, I mean, can't Washington, see. Here's the thing. I can't see Oregon going three and three. Yeah. That's. I mean, it'd be almost shocking if it was like a five and one season. But like five and one, six and zero, oh, it's like, seems like that's like eighty five percent is going to happen. You know. Right. Four four and two would be like whoa. You know. Um, where the other school is like, three and three is not like you know you any school any. North team. If you said they were three and three, you wouldn't be shocked or anything. Right. All right. This one's from Frank from Lake Forest. Back end. Dear Dave. Is he talking about my butt? (laughs) Dear Dave. Maybe. On the last podcast, I heard Ryan say that at least we will have good football to watch when the Pac-12 starts up. But I think that he meant to say at least we will have football. Can we expect it to be good with all this mulligan talk? Also, the Founding Fathers were smugglers, tax evaders, and traitors. Why should we care what they originally intended when it comes to the Constitution, especially when slaves counted as three-fifths of a man and a woman couldn't vote? Okay, now we're getting into my wheelhouse. Let's start with the first part because I want to get the football stuff out of the way. No, it's not going to be good. It's Pac-12. But the Pac-12 is what, we, it's, it's what, we're, what we're part of. It's, it's part of our essence. You know, we like bad football over here on the West Coast. We like watching teams do weird, crappy things. And... Frankly, when they start doing weird, crappy things, lots of weird, fun things start to happen. So, no, it's, is it going to be good? What is good? It's going to be fun. We'll enjoy it. I think it's going to be pretty good. I mean, I, three of the games you at USC, the 9 a.m. thing, there's so many different factors in that. I mean, oh, here, just coming, Here's Ryan going to come gas up everything. Yeah. I mean, Washington Cal, come on, dude. I want to see that game all day long. And like Dave said, Oregon State hosting Washington State. Dude, I want to see that. Now, Stanford, Oregon, probably not going to be very good. Uh, even UCLA, Colorado, I think that could be that could be an interesting one to watch. Um, and, you know, see what the Utes can do replacing those guys. They seem to just pound teams like Arizona that come in that, that aren't that good, and no matter what the talent level at Utah is. So are they all going to be exciting? No, but I think there's going to be some really cool, intriguing games. So I, I'm down with uh, week one schedule. All right. Well, very cool. Um, so... The Founding Fathers, um, yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about the foundation of this country. Is the Constitution is a, uh, it's a compromised position by a bunch of people who failed the first time they built the government. That was called the Articles of Confederation. It sucked. Um, and they did a really piss poor job of it. And then they did a compromise where like several of them were quoted immediately after saying, yeah, I don't know. Might work, might not. We got this amendment system, though, to, like, fix it if it doesn't. And also, they built, like, slavery and a bunch of other, like, really unsavory crap into it. Um, and we talk about it now like it's the friggin' Bible. It's a, it's a constitution. It's now one of the oldest in the world with, like, no major changes. Like, most other countries are changing that shit out all the time. We're not. We've got something that was written by a bunch of, like, 
40-year-old white dudes with wooden teeth who own people. Maybe give it an update, like a refresh, like a reboot. Could we reboot the Constitution? Could we modernize it? Put like a modernized twist on it? Because frankly, it's from nearly the age of Shakespeare now. So could could we like, I don't know, do like a Boz Lerman like musical version of it or something? <laughs> but could we just update the crap? Because it's frankly stupid. It was designed for a country of 13 states, not a country of 50 states and 330 million people. And, you know, where everyone can vote. Or, in theory, everyone can if there wasn't voter suppression and, um, you know, people. So, before we get too political, and no. for, for those of us out there that might not be history buffs, are you saying... The United States Constitution is sort of like David Shaw running Stanford. Like, it worked great for a while. Yeah, no, exactly. You got to update it. Exactly. And the thing is, like, if you just, if you've got something that, and no partisanship here, right? Let's just say this. And I think this is something we might be able to agree on. Is the country doing great right now? Like, the people, does everything seem happy and healthy right now? I'm pretty happy. The country. I get you on <laughs> But, like. Does everyone seem to be like, you know, enjoying each other, having a good time? Is there a lot of agreement in our government about the way things should go? No, it's all bad. Everything's bad right now. A big part of that is that our documents kind of suck, and we're basing a lot of things on on structures that are outdated. We just need to update and modernize some stuff. Now, to do that, because of the insane amendment process, you need like three-fourths majorities in a lot of weird different areas. So it's never going to happen. But yeah, we really need to, because things are bad, getting worse. This has been my uh, treatise on the American government. Nice. I mean, as we're recording this, we still don't even know who won the presidency, I don't think. So. Speaking of things that are crazy, is that the state governments had so much control over the electoral process in those three states in the northern part of the country that are still counting, I think Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, they didn't count any of their early votes until election night, whereas the other ones were able to start counting earlier, right? So because, and again, not partisanship. I'm not even like blaming who, I don't even know who did it. What I'm saying is it's insane that state governments have that much control over what is essentially a national election. It's crazy. If they'd done their jobs a little bit better or a little bit more thoughtfully or a little bit less without um, ill intent, Maybe we would have known who won the presidency last night instead of, you know, it being Wednesday at 3.30 Pacific and still not having a perfect idea, although it looks like Biden is uh, is pulling ahead now. But it's still like it's 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 no other country in the world uh, handles all this stuff the way we do. And you can say that about so many different areas of what we're doing. And I think. Look, there's a lot of other issues we've talked about on this podcast, this college football podcast that we uh, sometimes, and by sometimes I mean almost all the time, delve into other topics. But like one of the really fundamental problems is that our, our, our constructing document that we use to base like all of our laws and stuff on is like 250 years fucking old and we really haven't updated it very much. Fair. All right. I haven't really dove into the constitutional uh laws and things so that'd be interesting to uh look at but thanks for who was that from that was from frank in like forest so he knew he knew the hot button to get you going oh he so. knew he knew where i was going yeah i know and that was great because that came in on friday of last week yeah but he knew he knew how to get dave uh fired up oh yeah 
All right. We got a question from Ralph in Arizona. Dudes, can you opine on when and where we might first start to see fans, not just family, at Pac-12 games? I'm guessing it will be outside of Cali. I was hoping USC versus Arizona and or the Utes uh, were possibilities, but not looking good now. Gracias, Ralph in Arizona. I've got no idea. Um, I don't think it'll be in Washington, Oregon, or California, so it's got to be. Utah, Colorado, or Arizona. Um, I would guess Utah, just spitballing. But yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a Pac-12 directive not to do it. We'll I think the, it is a Pac-12 directive right now. Um, there was also like the, the family thing was an exception that was made. The Pac-12 said, if your local governments can allow families, go ahead. USC and UCLA went to... Uh, I believe Eric Garcetti or they went to the, the L.A. County Board of Health and tried to get families into those stadiums. I mean, they're huge stadiums that would have 200 people in them or something for families. Uh, they were turned out. So that's not happening in California, um, at least in Los Angeles County. I don't think they would allow like a Utah to have fans and have that kind of advantage. Over it. So my guess is that Pac-12 directive isn't going to change. So I don't think you're going to see any fans over the next six, seven weeks at all, Ralph. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, this is from Cav from SLC, Salt Lake City, for the, uh, the uninitiated. Uh, is BYU the number nine team? Uh, hey, Dave and Ryan. As a Utah fan in Salt Lake City, there is a steady hum around here about how great BYU is. Their ESPN strength of schedule to this point is 92nd, and they haven't played a team with an offensive or defensive efficiency ranking of 50 or better, according to FPI. Their regular FPI ranking is 17th, and their remaining strength of schedule is ranked at 81st. I feel like if you have a quarterback like Zach Wilson, who always wanted to play at Utah but was passed over for Jack Tuttle, who is now at Indiana, and no serious defensive opposition, you can put up big numbers. But what happens when the O-line is on its toes and there are legit backs covering your pass catchers? Just as a reference for the talent level, their last four classes on 247 Sports were ranked 81st, 83rd, 78th, and 66th. With that said, do you think BYU is the number nine team in the country? How do you think they would have done against their original Pac-12 schedule at Utah, at ASU, at Stanford? If they run the table and play in a New Year's Six Bowl, how do you think they will fare? I know this is a Pac-12 podcast, but if any team can be called a pseudo-Pac-12 team, BYU can. Anyway, let me know your guys' thoughts, and hopefully Boise State and San Diego State will provide enough of a test to show us if BYU is a contender or a pretender. I root for BYU to a point, but I'll be mad if they play that schedule and get to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Thanks, guys. Cav. Cav, yeah. So, I mean, BYU's got that weird schedule they're putting together. I mean, coming out of the gate, uh, they, I mean, they absolutely spanked Navy, right? Like, and Navy's look better. They've won. Uh, a couple of games they beat uh, Tulane. I think they beat Temple. Um, they beat like Eastern Carolina. But they that first game, BYU just looked like they were a pro team, and and Navy was like a high school team. It just like blew them away. They beat Troy. Troy's actually they're four and two, I think, this year. Um, they beat Louisiana Tech, UTSA. Uh, you know, they beat Houston. You know, they're all right. Uh, Texas State, and they just uh, I think. Last weekend, they beat uh, Western Kentucky badly. I mean, they really killed some people. And there were some close games. Like, they only beat UTSA by, like, seven. I haven't watched much of it. But the problem is, too, or if you're if you're not, if you don't think they're a top-ten team, 
Now you got Zach Wilson, who I've seen, you know, play, you know, legit dude. He's now being talked about as being a first round uh, draft pick, the quarterback for BYU. So that's going to give BYU a little bit more hype as well. This uh, Friday, uh, they're going to be playing Boise State. And so that's a good one. Uh, Boise State's ranked 21. Is BYU able to go, uh, you know, to uh, Idaho and, and get a win? I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's they're seven and zero right now, though, and you know they've they've had some impressive wins. It's not easy to win games, but you got Zach Wilson, who people are talking about as being a first round draft pick. Uh, we just saw Boise State win with their backup quarterback, uh, former USC transfer. I mean, you know, Jack Sears went up there, so they're able to win that Boise State game. You know, that's saying something. Uh, I think what they got Northern North Alabama and like San Diego state later on, but that's the big one. And I think if they beat Boise state, they'll probably stay in the top 10 for the rest of the season. Yeah, it seems right. I haven't watched BYU much at all. So I, I haven't I either. Um, yeah. Uh, well, by the way, I forgot to thank Matthew. Uh, Matthew's doing the uh, pick them again. So make sure you check out the, the link for the pick them. I just saw his email. So, uh, yeah, he's put that all together. He puts the Google Docs together. He's going to tabulate everything and give us the results. So when you put in your picks, make sure you use the same name, same email, so he knows it's the same person each week. And uh, you got you know, you got to enter each week because it's a suicide pool. So if you skip a week, you're out. So don't skip week one. Get in there. We gave you, you know, four days or whatever to do it. So hopefully you listen, listen to the preview, and get your picks in. And thanks again to Matthew for doing that. Uh, John and Brea wrote in about an extra year, Dave. He said, dear Ryan and Dave, can you please clarify the NCAA position on eligibility related to the 2020 season? Does this year simply not count against any student athletes eligibility? If a player is injured and misses the entire 2020 season, are they still eligible for a medical red shirt, essentially giving them two more years of eligibility? Are the rumors true that this free year of eligibility might allow Jake Browning to return in 2021 for one more year at Washington, John and Brea. What do you mean by might? I, Jake Browning <laughs> is—he's starting this year, right? I thought he was back. I thought they were going to—you know—Jimmy Lake brought him back and uh, won the starting job. And yeah, that—that's my understanding because it's a free year for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really get that comment from John, but okay, fine. But uh, my understanding, you've got, John, you've got to answer this one, Ryan, because okay. I don't. This is logistics. This is you. Logistics. So my understanding is essentially anyone that's playing, you could play this year. So if you're a true freshman, you can come in and play. Your class status will be the same in 2020 as in, in 2021 as it was in 2020. So all the true freshmen coming in that signed and came in in the class of of 2020 will remain true freshmen next year no matter if they play every game or not at all. Any player that opted out, they're just going to be the exact same next year. So instead of saying, well, if you opt out, you can be the same. What the NCAA is saying is everyone's going to be the same. So the end of the day, you're going to have a huge class, a 2021 class, because all the true freshmen from 2020 and 2021 will all still be true freshmen next year. And if you are a senior this year in 2020 and you come back, you will not count against the overall scholarship number, the 85 scholarship number, but everyone else will. So I think that solves the 85 limit problem for 2021. After that, there's going to be a problem because those seniors go away. Those juniors 
should have been seniors. They're junior, you know, so everyone's backed off a year and you have one class that's absolutely huge. It's basically two classes together. If you had a small class in 2020 or you get a small class in 2021, that'll help. But if you sign 25 people in 2020, 25 people in 2021, your freshman class would essentially be 50 people and you only get 85. So three other classes are going to fill the rest of that. So I'm not sure what the NCAA is going to do after that. They have a solution for 2021 that seniors won't count towards the 85. But after that, does that mean guys are going to get a runoff? Does that mean they're not going to sign less people in 2021? More attrition? I don't know. But there's there's going to be this potential bubble that will cir- you know, circulate through your uh, you know your roster. Uh, and it's going to be the combination of 2020, 2021 class. At least that is my understanding, John. That was a beautiful explanation. Do you like it? I was I was really happy about it. Did it make sense? You don't care about any of that stuff, but that not at all. It is but weird, it, but it's it was, a, yeah. it, but I'm saying to you right now, it was a beautiful explanation. Thanks. But anyone like if there's some stud freshman um, cornerback or something on your team, and he's a great kick returner, and you want him to like return some kicks in games. It's not going to count against his eligibility. So you don't have to worry about, oh, he's got a red shirt or not. It's like everyone basically gets a free red shirt. It doesn't count for anything. Right. I think we got one more. Yeah, this is from our man, Hifliday. <sighs> Another unpronounceable word. Hang on. I think it's Sab- Saboath. Saboath. Yeah. The hosts of heaven. Okay. All right. Um, I'm assuming that means like armies of heaven, like that sort of. I believe that. Yeah, I think it's something with that. All right. Uh, It sounds like UCLA defensive lineman Andrews, Kofusi, and Mason are out. By my count, that leaves only five scholarship linemen on UCLA's roster. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's about right. Uh, One thing you have to consider. So first, they're going to a four-two-five. I think it's going to look apparently more like TCU's or Navy's sort of. how that's going to function is anyone's guess. But some of these guys who are currently outside linebackers, like, um, oh boy, uh, Mitchell Goody or maybe even Miles Jackson might end up playing some end in this in this defense. Um, so keep that in mind. It won't just be the pure traditional DL bodies. But yeah, they're down some guys. Steve Mason, um, I think there was an assault charge against them. Andrus is hurt. Kafusi uh, is out for, I think, undisclosed reasons. Um, I like you, so, you said end. I like that. It's like it's very like 1940s like position. Like he's an end. Don't even don't give me your shit. All right, Brian. <laughs> uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame has, has suggested that the DL is the position that, if COVID unavailability unavailability hits, is most likely to cause a game cancellation. Because if a school doesn't have enough bodies there, it's not safe to field a team, even if they have everyone else. Is UCLA in danger of not being able to safely field a four-two-five with that few guys? Yeah, I don't. I think they'll just mix and match and probably run like I don't know something with two true down linemen and then like their outside linebackers essentially playing uh, defensive end roles, um, which is functionally what they're doing anyway. I don't even know why they're bothering with the distinction about four-two-five, but they are. Um, so I think that's what's going to end up happening. So it'll be kind of light, um, but they'll still have. Some size in the middle. I don't necessarily get Brian Kelly's comment, but he has coached football a long time, longer time than I've been paying attention to it, so I'll defer to him. Um, but I think, you know, if you literally were down all defensive linemen, then 
I don't know if it's injuries that will happen, but it's certainly you're going to get steamrolled. Um, anyway, uh, with USC's Drake Jackson moving to outside linebacker and Trout and Lichtenstein unavailable, is there actually a guy named Lichtenstein on the... Jacob Lichtenstein, yeah. He's named after the, the country and city? Uh, I don't know what he's named after. I mean, it, your, your last name is usually not what you're named after, but he's a Florida kid. And he's well, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, are we not? So I went back to the 1940s earlier. Are we not going back to medieval era Europe? <laughs> we, my bad. Is he, yes. is he Jacob von Lichtenstein? <laughs> I'm I'm seriously asking. Is he? I, then I, he's 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 nobility from Lichtenstein at some point. Is you know forebears. Yeah, he's uh. Is, he, is his is his is he von Lichtenstein? I want you to ask him next time you talk to him. Are right. you von Lichtenstein or just Lichtenstein? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you spell it L-I-C-H-T-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. And he has opted out for COVID, but he will be back with us. You've got a really low opinion of our uh, listener base that you thought you needed to spell Lichtenstein for them. Eh. They know. It helps out. You know, if you want to Google. They're not idiots. They get it. They want to Google. They know it's a country. Gotcha. They understand. Maybe you didn't understand. That's why you felt the need to clarify. But they understand. Our listeners... They're a higher breed. We got a lot of Shanes in the world. They're, they're smart. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes. with USC's Drake Jackson moving to outside linebacker and Trout and Lichtenstein, Von Lichtenstein, unavailable, I count only five experienced defensive linemen available. Three four-stars, two three-stars. Is that right? And if so, is it adequate depth to go the di- adequate depth to go the distance in this scheme? I also count five three-star freshmen who've never seen the field. Do you think they will in 2020? Yeah, they got a lot more than that. Uh, and it's, we talked to uh, Todd Orlando on Wednesday morning and he talked about Drake Jackson and it wasn't about, you know, he went from like 270 pounds to 240 pounds. He's mostly going to be a hand on the ground guy getting after the quarterback. He just, what, what Todd Orlando wanted to see was him lose some weight just so you got the speed, you got the quickness and uh, he definitely has that. He's can drop back into coverages, but he's mostly going to be a defensive lineman, a, a pass rusher kind of guy. And, you know, they got guys like the kind of defensive end spots. And we still, we haven't really seen what this front's going to look like. And it'll be multiple and everything. But, you know, I, I think we have to watch the games and just kind of figure out, okay, because we haven't seen practice. But guys like Caleb Tremblay, Connor Murphy, Nick Figueroa, uh, they got a retro freshman, Mananoa Tifona they like. Uh, they, those are all kind of like defensive end spots. But, you know, Drake Jackson will be there at outside linebacker. You might have like a Hunter Eccles or a Giuliano Falanico. They could be in, you know, that spot too. It's like the off outside linebacker that could rush the quarterback. Um, they lost uh, Jay Tefele, which is a big one at defense in the middle. But they got a bunch of big bodies on the defensive line. Like Brandon Peely and Marlon Tui Pelotu are uh, the most stout right now. But they like, you know, Dijon Benton, uh, Stanley uh, Taufu, and they got some freshmen like Kobe Pepe, and they've talked about Tuli Tuli Pelotu, who's Marlon's little brother, that he's been doing really well too. So I think they got a lot of bodies there. Um, but don't look at Drake Jackson as like he's off the defensive line. He's going to be, you know, their main pass rusher most likely still. Okay, all right. If that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Uh, he says the difference in average composite talent ratings for between the defensive backs and defensive linemen for USC is pretty stark. Is that something peculiar to USC's recruiting or just the typical West Coast availability of body types? You know, I haven't dug into that uh, recently, but, you know, most of the defensive backs they have 
are like four or five star guys and they haven't had, you know, Jay Tefele leaving was one of those highly ranked guys. And I think some of the linemen they've recruited the last couple of years have been more in the three-star variety. That's Helton's sort of like, uh, I think you're seeing more freshmen in those spots and that's where you haven't seen as many, you know, highly ranked guys. Some of it is just uh, West coast availability, but some of it was the last couple of years they didn't recruit as well. So it's easier to get that freshman uh, stud four-star cornerback or whatever, just because there's a bunch more of those in Southern California, as opposed to, can you get that freshman stud defensive lineman or does he go off to Oregon or something like that? So I think there's a little combination of things, but it's really just the way it's distributed. There's some more veterans in the secondary and they were recruited in those better classes where a bunch of the new linemen were uh, either like some of the older guys were transfers or, um, you know, you got guys that were true freshmen that maybe were three-star guys that have upside. Like a Tuli, Tuli Pelotu, I think he has a bunch of upside. You know, he has a brother that's proven he can play, and he looks pretty good, too. So that's my answer. All right. Very exciting. Yeah. I don't know about exciting, but, you know, we do it. It too. was exciting. I got excited. So I'll, I'll actually answer for how I feel, Ryan. You can decide how you feel about it. But I thought it was exciting. Very nice. Very nice. Um, well, the good stuff I need to, I will input all of our picks into the blog, um, put all the point spreads and everything, uh, cause that's what I do. And Dave doesn't do that <laughs> stuff. And, uh, it's a really, it's going to be a comprehensive blog post this week because there's our power rankings. There's our picks, there's the suicide pool. Um, you know, always, and you know, please go to Apple podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. We got links in there for that. So good stuff. Check over on the Reddit page. We'll try to get some things going there, too. I'll try to post this. And uh, maybe we'll get Dave to, to answer some of your questions over there. Would you you, you want to sign up for that, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Sure. Um, but good stuff. It was. Uh, I think it was, for all the stuff we put in there, it was a pretty tight show. Tight show. Tightest. I like, like it. Like a vice. Tight like a vice. All right. Well, that is David Woods. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much. For tuning into the podcast of champions. We always talk things that are Pac-12 football related and some other things that are other related, but this is mostly Pac-12 football and we're excited for it coming this weekend. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next time.